Welcome to Speaking of Partnership, the show that brings you the personal partnership stories of experts from all walks of life so you can turn their stumbling blocks into stepping stones to healthy, long-lasting partnerships. I'm your host, Ken Bechtel. You know that the partnership game is not easy, but it's so worth it. If you're struggling with attracting or maintaining partnerships, go to speakingofpartnership.com right now, click on the big red button, and attend a free webinar on the secret to starting your ideal partnership today. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. I am super excited to bring you today's featured guest, Camille Virginia. Camille, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Ken. Oh, it's my pleasure. Now, for any of you listening who may not be familiar with Camille, let me fill you in. Camille Virginia is the founder of Master Offline Dating. So through private coaching workshops and online courses, she actually helps single women who are burned out with online dating and with all the apps, helps them get skills and confidence to tap into everyday opportunities to meet quality men in the real world as they simply go about their day. Camille, do me a favor, because I love the direction you work with you people going offline. Tell us, how did you get into that? <laughs> oh, it's a great story. I never thought I would do this. I actually um, grew up pretty shy. So I, you know, didn't date in high school. I was pretty awkward and just at some point was like, how do I get over this? This is ridiculous. Other people seem to just, you know, go out to the grocery store and um, chat with a cashier and stuff. And that was always like anxiety producing for me. So um, I kind of just gradually pushed my comfort zone. And, uh, you know, I'd start going to parties by myself, even though that terrified me. I would, I would try to chit chat with people and, um, you know, just really kind of get comfortable with that. And um, during that time, I moved from my hotel, hometown in Portland, Oregon to Chicago. And so I moved to Chicago without knowing anyone, had no friends. Um, and just started using those same skills to meet people. And then in the process of that, I met all these men in random places and was getting asked out and always had like a good um, meet cute story uh, at the airport, the drugstore, animal shelters. It was just got, it was, uh, it was really fun, but I thought this happened to everyone until my friends were like, so this doesn't happen to everyone. You're the only one that has these stories. What are you doing? And for the first time, about 10 years after starting that process of trying to be more socially confident, I uh, had to think about it. And I made a short PowerPoint because uh, I was a consultant at the time in healthcare consulting. And from there, that PowerPoint grew into a workshop and that workshop grew into an online course. And then that that became a business. So that's my process. <laughs> wow. Interesting. Full immersion, we might call it. Oh, totally. Yeah. And it allows me to empathize with everything my clients are going through because I completely get the the anxiety no matter where they are in that spectrum. Yeah. No, I, and, and I totally appreciate that because I, I grew up very shy as well, which, you know, I'm sure you get this where people are like, no way, because of who you are now, they can't mm-hmm. fathom that you were this shy kid. And yet, you know, a lot of us were. And it doesn't mean it's totally gone. But like you're talking about, there's there's skills you can develop so that, yeah, it's you might get anxious at times, but at the same time, you have the tools to move through it. Yeah, exactly. And it's usually getting out of our own heads. You know, whatever, the longer we go 
not doing something, the bigger the fear is going to get. So the, the quickest way to cut through that fear is to take a small action um, and realize that whatever fear is in your head, that's not what's actually in reality. Yeah, exactly. It's so funny that we give that fear in our head, like that voice in our head has absolute authority. Yeah, it needs to go away. <laughs> but I mean, we don't even question it. It could be ridiculous. And if somebody had said that same thing to us, we'd laugh in their face. But if it's that voice in our head, oh, it's absolutely right. I know. Yeah, people are going to yell at me if I give them a compliment and say, why are you being so weird? Like, that doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there might be one anomaly because people go, well, my cousin did it once. And it's like, okay, one in how many? Billions. Exactly. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. don't make the exception the rule just to keep you where you are. No, it's an exception. True. Yeah. Yeah, and you can't just do it once, to your point. You know, if you do yeah. it once and it goes kind of neutral or not so great, then that's fine. Do it four more times and I bet they're going to go a lot better. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. If we all just did it once and if it didn't go perfect, we wouldn't do it, we'd still be crawling. <laughs> that's a great analogy. Nobody like gets it right the first time. No one. <laughs> So we'd still be crawling around our hands and knees, which would be fine because we'd all be doing it, but it'd be a very different world. Yeah, it'd be a lot more uncomfortable. <laughs> and our clothes would wear out really fast, especially the knees. That's right. <laughs> so many problems with that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure we would have solved that by now. So uh, let me ask you this, Camille, because one of the things that I've found, and I, I asked my guests this because it's, it's something we found is very, very powerful for people is I'm wondering what do you use as like a guiding principle or maybe it's a quote, maybe it's a mantra, something like that that helps you stay on course. So if you're off in the weeds, you're not really, you know, doing your partnership so well, how do you get back on track? What's that anchor for you? Um, I would say right now, because I'm, I'm newly single, um, you know, I don't have a romantic partnership. So I kind of am taking my own advice with offline, offline dating and just creating small moments with everyone. And so a guiding principle for that is, and I can't remember the exact quote, I heard it years ago, but it's by Jay Leno. And someone early in his career had asked him, hey, how do you talk to all these high powered people and remain calm like you like you already know them, even if you're meeting them for the first time? And his answer was, I talk to everyone the same way I talk to my friends from high school. So he just has that consistent, warm personality that comes through no matter whether you're a friend he's known for 40 years or a stranger in the drugstore. And I love that. And I teach my clients that to just be consistent, like uh, be warm with everyone. Don't... Um, you know, talk to your best friend on the phone, hang up, and then talk in a completely different way to um, someone else you're interacting with. Just be consistent. Yes, that's fabulous advice. And, you know, the thing I love about that, Camille, is it's one of the things that, you know, men get frustrated by is where they're introducing or they're trying to meet a woman and, and she presents herself one way let's say in her online profile and then a different way when he first talks to her and then a different way again when he actually meets her. Mm -hmm. And what ends up happening is it feels like they're guessing what they're supposed to be to be lovable or likable as opposed to being confident. Totally. That however they are is fine. And if it's not great, let's find that out so I can move on. 
Exactly. I'm such an advocate of that because you're you're doing a disservice, first of all, by not being your authentic self with everyone. You're basically on some level telling yourself, well, my authentic self isn't good enough, so I have mm-hmm. to pretend to be someone else, you know? Um, and then on, on another level, it's a lot of work <laughs> to be this different persona <laughs> with all these different people. It's kind of like lying. Like, you know, even if you're ethically okay with lying, just the amount of work to try to remember all the different stories yes. you told people is just like, oh, why would you want to do that? Yeah, no, um, exactly. Absolutely. But yeah, it's, it's just, um, it's, it's your job and it's my job to help my clients show their authentic self to the world and get comfortable with that and stop being that different persona so that you can let the ones who don't resonate with you, um, let them, you know, repel them naturally. And the ones who do resonate with you and your authentic self be drawn towards you because you're showing it to them. Exactly. Yep. hundred percent. Well, let me ask you this, because one of the things that our listeners love about the show is our guests are so generous in sharing their personal stories of partnership. And we talk about the good and the bad and the ugly. And and where I'd like to start, actually, Camille, is if you would share with us a time when, yeah, well, let's be honest, you kind of tripped up in your partnership. And and just tell us what what happened, what did you trip on, and then what did you learn from that experience that has helped you move forward? Yeah, great question. So um, I would say my last relationship. So this was an ex who was actually my first love. We met in 2004 on an airplane. And he came back 10 years later uh, into my life after zero communication. And uh, we fell in love again, mostly from a distance. He was living in a different country. Um, And I was just so... um, enthralled. I mean, how, how often does your first love come back in your life and be like, Hey, I want to start things up with you again. Um, but I, I miss the red flags that were there that were there the first time we dated, which is why I broke up with him in the first place. Um, and basically, you know, with, with distance, it's a lot easier to kind of hide those. And so I saw what I wanted to see and kind of let the red flags go be swept under the rug and um, also realize I didn't ask for what I needed. You know, part of the red flag behavior, if I would have said, hey, that's not okay, this is what I need instead, and if you can't give that to me, then I don't think we're a good fit. Uh, I didn't want to come off as, quote, needy, so I didn't express that, and it just got worse and worse and worse until finally uh, we broke up over the holidays for good, and it was it was honestly a huge relief. <laughs> Mm. So, yeah, I would say the trip up I did was just not asking for what I needed. And I, I know I've done that before. You know, there's women have a fear of being needy. So we can kind of be a little too casual sometimes, not wanting to be that clingy girl. But at the same time, if we don't ask for something, we can't expect the guy in our life to just know that, you know, um, he doesn't know. We like Just like we don't know what his needs are until he tells us. So I would say that was a big lesson learned. Excellent. Yeah, no, that's that's probably one of the most common ones out there. And, <laughs> you know, it's funny because um, my guest on the, on the show a couple weeks ago, Laura Doyle, made the comment. She goes, if you can't ask for it, you're not going to get it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what it is. If you can't actually say what it is you need, it's not going to happen. There is no magical fairy dust that suddenly it just appears, at least not in real life. I mean, obviously in TV and Hollywood and all that stuff there is. 
you that's have not to real own life what you need. What? <laughs> What's that? I said, that's not real life? <laughs> um, no. It was funny because it's funny you say that. I was in L.A. at the airport at LAX, and I bumped into a guy I know from Colorado. And him and his girlfriend was there, and they are um, they do produce reality TV. And I'm sitting there next to her, and I'm saying, you know, so what, what shows do you do? And she's telling me a few of them. And I said, well, what are you working on now? She goes, oh, I'm working on the script. And I said, what? And she goes, oh, yeah, I'm working on the script for the show. I'm like, it's reality TV. You're purporting it as being real. She goes, yeah, there's like one show that actually is real reality TV still. Everything else is scripted. Wow. So no matter, even the stuff yeah. we think is real, isn't real. I mean, obviously, if you pay attention, you're like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> Nobody has this much <laughs> drama in their day. But that's that's what we want to believe. We want it to be magic. We want to not have to say what we need. Because then I don't have to own it. And owning it means I exactly. have to feel like I deserve it. Mm-hmm. So it lets us avoid all that. Because it's you can say all the things you don't want. That's easy. You don't have to have any, mm-hmm. you don't have to feel like you deserve not wanting something. So that's why we lean yeah. on what we don't want. But that's never going to get us to what we do want. Because it's kind of like if you want to, you know, want to go out to eat. And somebody says, oh, what, what kind of food do you want? And you named everything you don't want. <laughs> You'd be there for a very long time. And you get <laughs> and really, still not really hungry. At the end. <laughs> right? It's like you have to go. At some point, you've got to talk about what you do want or you won't get it, like Laura said on the show. So great story, Camille. I love that. So let's flip this around. What's a time when, in partnership, you feel is like, I, I call it a proud moment. Some people, it's like, it was just an amazing partnership. And it could be romantic, could be family, could be career, whatever it is. What's one of those times that you think back on and you're like, man, that was cool? Hmm, let's see. I'd say I'd say with my um my best friend right now, Ariadne, she is it's actually it's a funny story. Can I tell the story of how we met? Sure. <laughs> okay, so uh back in two thousand twelve, uh I took this uh meditation course and she was in it. It was like a twelve week course and you know, we had exchanged pleasantries and, you know, didn't really exchange contact information or anything and then kind of went our separate ways. And then uh, fast forward to 2015, we both were taking Marie Forleo's B-School, which is an mm-hmm. entrepreneur um, online course. And there was a Chicago meetup and we both showed up, up to this group of like, I don't know, six women or something. We're like, oh, hey, it's you. Happy Ben, blah, 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 pleasantries. And then again, went our separate ways. And then... <laughs> Um, uh, less than a year later, I was taking the bus home and this woman sits down next to me and it's Ariadne and she says, oh my gosh, Camille. <laughs> and so there's these three completely unrelated events and we're like, okay, clearly we're supposed to hang out. So let's do that. <laughs> and it turns out she lives three blocks away from me. She was starting her own business, bringing meditation to corporations. And the same time I was starting my, my business of master offline dating, and we've just like we're glued at the hip. We talk, uh, we text, call, sometimes meet up all in t- in one day, and we're just on the same uh, wavelength. And if it weren't for her, I don't know where my business would be. Honestly, I mean, she's 
she's my friend personally, professionally, and all of the above. But um, but we just, I mean, I don't know where her business would be without me and vice versa. So we've just really been there for each other. And it's just uh, been instrumental in getting our businesses off the ground. So that's something that I'm really proud of and really happy about. That's great. So I, I, I'm curious, what, what do you feel is like the moral of that story? I think um, that, well, kind of like I say with offline dating, the universe is presenting us with tons of opportunities every single day. So if you're a single woman and maybe you like online dating, maybe you don't. But whenever you step foot outside, there are so many opportunities to meet quality men. And if you're not tapping into it, you know, that, that, that's what I help with is just simply getting those skills to do that. So I think like with this, I feel like the universe was like, okay, Camille, you're going to really need someone to get you through this, uh, getting your business off the ground. And here she is. And here she is again. Okay. Come on, Camille. Last time. (laughs) Yeah. And so it took three times before we're like, okay, clearly we need to hang out. And so, um, I think it's, it's taking those opportunities when you're presented with them, you know, it's, uh, listening to the the signs and paying attention to your gut feeling and being aware of other people and engaging and following up for a coffee date and things like that. You never know where something is going to go. And I just think that's the beauty of everything from offline dating to living a fulfilling, connected life. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And, you know, it's, it's interesting what you said there of, you know, these things keep getting presented. And obviously, that's part of offline dating is paying attention to what's in front of you because I have the same conversation with women and they're like you know I, I just can't find where are the men how do I meet men and I'm like so literally yesterday Los Angeles she's telling me she doesn't know where to meet men I'm like there's 10 million people there like seriously if you were in West Virginia in some like little town I'd get it but you have not met everybody so you just need to pay attention they're available they're around you and of course, we look in these little boxes like, well, there's nobody at work. And, you know, when I go out, I go out with my girlfriends or whatever it is. And we keep going these little boxes as opposed to like you're talking about of what did you call them? meet cutes, like these little random moments when you meet somebody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's like, OK, people say, oh, yeah, I just go to work and come home. Well, OK, let's think about this. You go to the coffee shop, you go to the dry cleaners, mm-hmm. you go to the grocery store, you go to the airport. You know, there's all these places, and those are the best because you're just being yourself. You don't have to, um, I mean, meeting at the bar on a Friday night is, or a club on Saturday night is fine, but, like, don't you want someone who wants you when you're just being you, which is when you go to the grocery store and maybe put in a little bit of effort into your appearance so you feel confident, and then have someone be like, hey, that woman looks interesting, I'm going to talk to her, as opposed to when you're wearing the tight dress and three drinks in or something like that. Um, I just think it's just so much more natural and great. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because this is one of the reasons why I was so interested in what you do is, and maybe you've seen this, there was a a research report that was done by the Pew Research Center on online dating. And one of the questions they asked, and they asked current uh, married couples and or people in long-term committed relationships, how many of you met through online? What percentage of people do you think met through online? Um, I'm going to guess 30? Five. Five. Wow. 
And they even took it further. They said people that have just been together for the last five years. So, you know, more current relationships. So it's not like, oh, your grandma's in there and there wasn't even internet dating, right? When they took it down that way, it was only 12% of people met through online. Wow. And I share yeah, it because there's so many people. I mean, obviously, these organizations have done an amazing job of making us think that's the be-all, end-all, the only place to meet people. They've done a great job of it because they get money from it. <laughs> yeah. But we think everybody's online. It's like, no. Actually, when they broke it down by age groups, the age group that had the most percentage of them online was, as you'd imagine, 18 to 24. 27%. Wow. Not even half of yeah. them are online. So we keep going, oh, well, I can't find anyone online. I'm like, good. That's a tiny, tiny sliver of the pie. Leave your house. Yes, exactly. And, and, and I would say even for the ones who met online, like, I wonder how much they actually enjoy the process because based on what I hear, the process is not enjoyable. I mean, maybe maybe you get lucky and you meet someone, but the process to get there kills part of, part of your soul. <laughs> Yeah, and it depends. Obviously, there's there's success stories everywhere. But I I feel like when I read that, I was like, they have bamboozled the American public. Everybody thinks it's the only way to meet anyone. And I think what the reality is, is we've gotten so uncomfortable with who we are and feel like we're not the right person for everyone that it's a safer place to do it. Because mm -hmm. then we don't have to go say I hello agree. when the guy gives you a dirty look. It's like, we don't have that, I love that term you use, socially confident ability to just show up and say hi. And if somebody's nice, nice. If they're not, we move on and we don't take it home with us and go, he looked at me funny. I'm a horrible person. And start tearing ourselves <laughs> apart. You know, we're able to stand up and go on. So it's really, really huge, you know, that, that piece. Because honestly, we've lost track of how to interact with each other. I completely agree. And that is really my passion for my business is human connection. Like it, even knowing how I felt growing up very awkward and shy that there are millions of people who feel that way as adults. Um, and it's only getting worse. I mean, social skills are like muscles, use it or lose it. It's not like they kind of stay stagnant, you know? Um, so it breaks my heart. There's all these lonely people walking around, especially in big cities, you know, and they can't even reach out to someone within arm's length of them because they don't know how. So um, that's what I really, that's my, that's my why of my business is yeah. to get people more socially fulfilled and connected. And, and for everybody listening, I want you to remember, you're listening to two people, Camille and myself, who were painfully shy as children. This isn't a permanent condition. You can work through it and be able to say hello to people and not be paralyzed. I mean, I was so shy as a child. This is kind of scary even to say now. I introduced myself as shy. So, for example, when, you know, somebody come over to our house, they'd be like, oh, what's your name? I'd be like, I'm shy. And I didn't speak wow. clearly. And it was so bad. Mm -hmm. My dad's best friend, Bob, thought my name was Simon oh. for years. He thought my name was Simon. And one day he sees my dad and he goes, hey, how are the kids? How's Simon doing? He goes, who's Simon? And he goes, your boy Simon. They're Steve, Simon, and Tim. And he goes, no, his name's Ken. He's just telling you he's shy and he doesn't speak clearly. He had no idea 
because I was so shy, I introduced myself as shy because I thought that would get me out of having to talk, like they'd just give me a free pass. Mm-hmm. It was very astute of you, Ken. <laughs> it was a good try. <laughs> well, I don't think it was conscious. I don't know. It was a coping mechanism of some type. But I'm, I'm saying this because yeah. I want everyone listening that's going, oh, yo, but you don't understand. I'm really shy. So, I doubt if we you were it. worse than that. So just keep trying, keep doing this, going out, saying hello. And the other thing that's amazing about this, and Camille, I'm, I'm sure you'll back me up on this, but I want to hear your feedback, is because we become so poor at connecting with each other, when you do it, people are like, wow, you stand out. Mm-hmm. Because nobody else yep. is saying hello. We're all got our, phones, our face stuck in our phone. Exactly. Yes. No, you totally stand out. It's... And, and that's a great thing. You don't, people don't want to be unmemorable. You don't want to blend in with the crowd. I mean, you don't want to be the weird person doing backflips down the street with pink hair either, but like, you know, be, be memorable. Um, look around, make eye contact. Even if you, you have to pretend that you're looking for an address or another person or something, there's little hacks like that um, that can just kind of get you out there. And one of my favorite phrases is no risk, no reward. Um, like you were saying, it's scarier to go up to someone or say hi because you might have to see them give you a weird look. Uh, first of all, that's not going to ruin your week. Uh, second of all, that's more about the other person than it is about you. Third of all, you never know if that person just you threw them off guard and you maybe made their day because they haven't talked to anyone in a week or so, you know what I mean. So there's all these benefits to it that are just small little. Um, things you can do in your everyday life. And I'm telling you, and Ken, you'll probably agree with this, but I'd love to know, when I started getting over this and and having good conversations with people and feeling confident, there is no other feeling in the world that beats an accomplishment that you actually had to work towards and conquer a fear. You know, like there's no shortcut to that. There's baby steps, but when you actually put in the work to do it, you'll feel on top of the world. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Well, Camille, I'm loving what we're talking about, but we're running short on time, so I want to make sure we get this in because I want to make sure our, our, our uh, listeners get this information. And what I'd like to do, it's, it's a part of our show I call Bring It All Home, so we're going to skip the, away from the stories now, and I'm just going to ask for you for like some takeaways people can take with them. And one of those is, what would you, what would you say is the best partnership or relationship advice you've ever received? I would say um, for the dating process, someone told me to let other people screen themselves out. And what she meant by that was tying it back to what we were talking about being our our authentic self. Um, You want to repel people. You don't want everyone to like you because you're going to attract some weird and not so great people if you're trying to appeal to everyone. Um, So by going on a date with someone and um, you know, maybe you had a great time, but it turns out that you want to be married and have a family eventually, and the person you went out with doesn't. Great. Screen them, like, have them screen themselves out so you're not wasting any more time or energy and can find someone who, has, who wants the same goals as you. So it's kind of flipping the script around of, you know, oh, what's wrong with me? I'm single. I can't find anyone. No, just be your authentic self more and more and let the people who want what you want be drawn to you. Yeah, no, that's that's great advice. Great advice. And then it makes you know you don't have to do all the work. They do. 
Exactly. They're doing it for you. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, cool. They just take themselves out of the game and you can move on instead of you having to go through everybody and figure out if they're the right person. Who's going to know better, them yeah. or you? Yeah. They're going to know if you're the right person yourself. for them, not you going to know that you're the right person for them. It's up to them. So let them decide by being yourself. 100%. Yeah. Love it. Awesome. <laughs> So what would you recommend as far as like a, a book or a resource that, you know, helps folks with, with the partnership and relationship thing? Why in that particular one? Um, well, I actually just a few minutes ago picked up my copy of Attached by Dr. Amir mm -hmm, Levine. Mm -hmm. And um, I saw him speak at a recent conference in L.A. a few months ago and took the test discovered I'm an anxious attachment style and I really want to understand this because I think this just answers a lot of questions that I've had about, um, you know, how I am in the dating process and what thoughts go through my head. And I love that it's, it's a thing, <laughs> this, mm -hmm. uh, this process that I, I go through. And so I want to, I haven't cracked it open yet. I literally, again, just picked it up, but very excited for this. And um, based on what he said at the conference, I think it's just going to explain a lot. And I recommend, I already recommend it to other clients um, who've read it. Yeah, that's, that's a great resource and you're going to love it. Uh, I read it over the holidays and it just helps people go, that's me. That's exactly what I do. Cause they, they just nail those behaviors. Right. And then you're going, Oh, well this, this just helps me. It doesn't make you right or wrong. It just helps, you know, mm -hmm. Oh, this is why I navigate the world the way I do. Awesome. Yes. Exactly. And it helps you understand why other people's behaviors are the way they are. Like, oh, they're this type of attachment style. So, yeah, great, great resource. Thanks for recommending that. So yeah. I got to say, Camille, I mean, clearly we're having a great conversation. I don't know about you, but I think so. <laughs> and yeah, it's clear we've hardly started. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot we have to share with our <laughs> listeners. So can you let them know how do they contact you? How do they learn more about what you do? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my my business is Master Offline Dating, and <clears throat> I actually have a free gift for your listeners. It's awesome. my guide, Dating App Detox, the ultimate guide to getting a date without going online. Nice. Yeah, and it's 50 pages of all these little hacks that we were talking about, of, from eye contact to smiling to conversation starters to... All of this. And it's written from the perspective of a single woman seeking uh, a single guy. But really, I say in the beginning of the guide, it's gender neutral, sexual orientation neutral. It's really just human behavior skills. Nice. Excellent. Thank you for that. That's great. And anybody listening right now that's like, ah, I don't I don't have a pen. I can't write that down. Don't worry about it. All you got to do is go to speakingpartnership.com, type in Camille's name, you'll go to her show page, and we'll have all the links there so you can get that free gift. Go to her website, find out more about her work, and all the other things so you can stay in touch with her. So you're taken care of. Well, Camille, I have to say, this has been awesome. This is fantastic. I'm so excited about the work that you're doing, that you're allowing people to, to reconnect with those skills of being socially confident and I, I just want to thank you for being on the show. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Ken. Yeah, I feel like we could talk about this all day, but I think we covered a ton, so hopefully it's helpful to all your listeners. Absolutely. I'm sure it is. Thanks again. Thank you for listening to Speaking of Partnership. 
Head over to speakingofpartnership.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. Be sure you catch the bonus stories from our guests on Follow Your Yes Friday. It's easy to do. Just go to your favorite podcast directory, search for Speaking of Partnership, and click subscribe. Like what you hear? Leave us a rating and review on Stitcher or iTunes. The greatest compliment you can give the show is to refer us to someone else either in person or on the web. Have a great day. And remember, even when you stumble, you're still moving forward. Peace.